on today's show. We get back in the groove and talk another gut-punching Hornets loss in Miami. And the Nick Batum special getting fouled on the jump shot. Is it a BS foul? Don't take it away. It's the one thing we do. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Thursday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net today to find a location near you and get that framing project done that you've been waiting on. Wait no longer. Frame Warehouse, they have the guaranteed best price on your next framing project. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. What do you want, Doug? <laughs> I want a Hornets victory, just like <laughs> just like all of our listeners. I also I want to send uh, two lucky people to Saturday's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. So we've got a giveaway. It's going to go up on Instagram. And speaking of giveaways, it's a giveaway game, an MKG starter action figure giveaway to be exact. So to get your hands on these tickets, go right now to our Instagram at Locked on Hornets and give us a follow. And look for the post that's coming later today. It's going to say follow, like, win. So there's the directions. Follow it. Follow us, like the post, and then uh, you'll be entered to win those two tickets. Uh, We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. All right, we're going to recap this uh, Heat game, David. Uh, This was a tough one uh, for the Hornets. They lose 108-108. 101, and this seriously was a game of runs. Uh, the first quarter ending on a 16 to 5 run, and then the Heat opening up a 14 to 2 run to take the lead right back. Uh, then the Hornets ending the second quarter with a 20 to 5 run to take the lead. Uh, but it all came down to a very close fourth quarter and another blown fourth quarter lead for the Hornets. And then 125 left. James Johnson misses a three pointer. No one blocks out Dion Waiters, who brings it back out. Goes into classic ISO waiters mode, jacks up a terrible three. And uh, David, I looked down at my Twitter to type out classic waiters in all caps, only to stop halfway through when Miami got the offensive rebound again, a second offensive rebound. Zeller leaves the paint. Batum doesn't chase down the board. Clifford called it inexcusable after the game. And Deion Waiters knocks down another three pointer. And that put the game pretty much out of reach. Uh, David, this was a tough one. Oh my god! How many times did you? How many times did you run that playback? Because I ran it back about five times right after it happened. The missed rebound. I mean, because I think it's important that you that you brought up Cody because there were two guys involved. I mean, you can't blame him, um, you know, completely or either one of them. But Cody leaked out right, and for, well, I I don't know what Nick was doing. I have no idea why he did not grab the ball that bounced right in front of him. I feel like the only only thing I can think is that, and there have been several plays like this, there were several in this game, but there were a couple of plays like this this season where guys expect other guys to be there. And it's sort of like the... The sort of good Samaritan thing where you go, no, that guy's got it. He'll he'll take care of that. He'll grab that. Uh, he'll grab that robber who just stole that purse. He's got it. Yeah. And but then that, nobody nobody point, does. It's like it's it's like 
was that a two point game? Four point game? It was four point game. Yeah. And uh and, and under a minute left, it's like if if it's in your zone, if it's if it's in your vicinity, <clears throat> you know, I mean we don't have to belabor the point, obviously. He didn't get the rebound, but yeah, Cody was in the area too, leaked out, thought Nick I mean, cause yeah. Cody was looking right at Nick, right? So he saw him. He's like, well, he's going to grab that. He leaked out, and then this guy uh, swooped in there for And it's just, you know, game rebounds. on the line, season on the yeah. line, not yeah. not having that extra little bit of intensity or focus or organization or purpose, it's, whatever, all uh, of these Steve Clifford-isms, uh, just not accessing that when the game matters most. And, and coming off those two victories, this was a very important game for the Hornets uh, needing to get back into this playoff race in a hurry, uh, but they dropped this one. But you have to give it to Kemba Walker. I mean, he was absolutely doing everything. Kemba doing work. Doing absolutely everything to keep this team in the game. He goes for uh, 33 points on 11 of 24 shooting, 5 of 11 from beyond the arc. And following that bad uh, you know, series of, of rebounds, he goes – other way and uh you know has the and one splits the defense controls the controls the handle and and grabs the and one and then almost steals the ball next possession and almost brings them within two with under 20 seconds but he misses the layup but i'm not you know what after that i'm not like you can't yeah he needs to hit the layup but i mean he did so much at that point and that that would have only brought it to two they still would have had to foul and get some help uh, from the Miami Heat, but there were so many things that the Hornets could have done in this game uh, that uh, you know w- would not have forced Kemba to do all of that at the end of the game. It sucks, man. I mean, it, it really reminds you of watching him in college, and we're in March now, right? So, like those runs he made with UConn, and obviously won the national championship. I mean, he's not doing it all by himself because other guys did play well last night. I thought Marvin had a nice little game. MKG and his scoring, I mean... Uh, just the spot-up mid-range jumpers yeah. that just are going I mean, down right now. Yeah, literally kept them in it, you know, it stretches during this game in that third quarter. I think he had a couple buckets. Um, so that's always good to see. Um, but, you know, Kimba is just on another level. He's playing outstanding right now, and it's, it is just such a shame that they cannot get some of these wins because on a night when you had some other teams lose around them, you know, the teams that you need to lose... Um, including the one that you're playing, uh, and you have a chance to do that, and they just can't do it. I mean, what were your feelings at the start of the fourth quarter, Doug? Because this is a story we've seen many, many times. I think it's, what, 19 times this year in the NBA that they've led uh, going into the fourth quarter and lost a league leading 19 times. But, I mean, well, I, I felt, felt good. I felt good again. Well, because <laughs> – I, I literally thought, they, you know, I was like, they're in good shape. Well, we saw them close out the fourth quarter against Denver, stave off a run – Pacers did the same thing, started to make a little bit of a comeback, cut a 20-point deficit down to eight, and the Hornets made defensive stops and made plays that they needed to. And not just the starters, but the bench as well. We saw bench players stepping up and and making plays, and they just couldn't do it in this one. I mean, a lot of this rests on the bench, and uh, that was the word from Steve Clifford after the game as well. Uh, defensively, he was unhappy with how the bench performed. There were uh, several lapses in the D, and I mean, the the big run, the 12-0 run uh, near the, from the 10-15 mark of the fourth quarter until the sixth mark of the fourth quarter, that was the that was the defining run, and a lot of those plays were just Goran Dragic. That's the thing. The and we've seen this several times this season, where a team identifies, hey, if I put 
one of my starters, one of my best creators, one of my best playmakers in against this Hornets bench, we have an advantage. And, yeah. and that's what the Heat recognized, and they got Goran Dragic in there, and uh, unfortunately Brian Roberts just unable uh, to stay with Goran, and he created several plays off of just getting into the paint and causing chaos. Yeah, you can't ask. I mean, I was out there looking at that. It's like, what's Brian Roberts going to do? What's he supposed to do in that situation? He can't stop Goran Dragic, you know, in that situation. And, and they exploited it. The, the Hornets went into the fourth quarter with a five-point lead, and – you know, they were trying to steal some minutes with uh, Batum, who did get uh, banged up in this game, we should mention. Uh, twisted that ankle again. It looked like on the on the Hornet, uh, sorry, on the on the uh, referee's shoe or something. Um, but, you know, by the time Kemba come back, comes back in, the lead is it's gone. It's a tie game. And it's just that same old story again, Doug. Like, the, the, any momentum they had in the third is completely gone. Um, and the other team has has confidence. And look, I didn't really think that particular stretch was awful. Um, Bellinelli finally hit a three during that chance, but you had James Johnson come down and hit two threes during the same stretch, you know, and just like they, the bench on these other teams is, is is way outperforming the Hornets at this point in the season. And, and like in this game, it was that was the key. I mean, that was it. Yeah, their bench played with a lot of confidence. Hey, David, you know what gives me a lot of confidence? What's that, Doug? When the walls of my house are filled filled with beautifully framed pictures. And I get I get my pictures framed at Frame Warehouse. If you have a poster or a jersey or a family picture that you need framed, maybe a piece of Kimba wall art that you've been waiting to get framed, don't wait any longer. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price on every framing project. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. They're going to work with you. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. Listen, framing can be difficult sometimes because there are so many options. Glass, no glass, what kind of frame, bevel, bezel. Like, what do these words even mean? Well, the framing experts at Frame Warehouse are going to explain it to you and turn your project around super quick and for a great price. Don't let your price possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. If you go to framewarehouse.net, you can find the one near you and tell them Locked On Hornets sent you, and of course, give them a Go Hornets, Go America, Let's Swarm Charlotte. All right, let's get back to this game. Again, this is a game where Kimba Walker scores 17 points in the second quarter, carries this team into halftime, and you look on the other side, Hassan Whiteside, we said, turn Hassan Whiteside into an average player, and you have an, an average scorer, and you have an opportunity to win this game. They did that. Uh, 10 points for Hassan Whiteside on 4 of 7 shooting. They were basically avoiding uh, giving the ball to Hassan Whiteside because the Hornets had shown an ability over the past two games to shut down post scorers. So it was a good move. I mean, the Heat were just running, you know, pick and rolls for Goran Dragic and, and kicking out. And that's been their big game. Drive kick to Luke Babbitt, drive kick to Deion Waiters. And credit to those guys, especially Dion Waiters, just hitting clutch Jesus. shot after clutch shot. 
Um, but this one, David, I thought came down to rebounding. I mean, 13 offensive mm-hmm. rebounds for the Heat. We talked about that sequence earlier, but it wasn't the only time. You know, the over the past 10 games, the Heat have been top 10 in offensive rebounding. The Hornets have been top 10 in defensive rebounding. And the Heat just went out and won that battle. Yeah, and the second chance points were huge too. I don't have uh, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but 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 it was it was a big mismatch as far as second chance points uh, and the rebounds. Yeah, you mentioned it, Ew, man. Yeah, 16, night, 16 like, second chance points for Miami to seven for Charlotte. Yeah, Twelve fast yeah. break points for Miami to four for Charlotte. So you know, do they were attacking Charlotte in the ways that you have to attack this team? And they, again, they were especially doing it during that twelve zero run in the fourth quarter against the bench. They were doing a lot of that in the fast break, beating them down and uh, getting it out to shooters. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like I said, it was it was you know James Johnson had some moments. Uh, who's my other guy for the Heat that was out there? Um, Luke Babbitt, Willie Tyler Reed. Johnson, yes, yes, Willie Reed, Willie Reed. Willie Willie Reed. Reed. <laughs> well, and and here's the thing: so because Johnny O'Brien in the second quarter goes down with an ankle injury, Hornets sure. forced to dig further down into their bench, into their D League call ups, and and call upon Christian Wood in the fourth quarter, who had not played all game. I think yeah. he played. He played a yeah. little stretch in, at the very end of the third quarter. Yeah, he played the last like minute of the third. But then they they put him put him back on the bench for the beginning of the fourth quarter. He comes back, and I'll say, look, I, I thought Wood uh, did a did a decent job, but he's just like it's it's Christian it's Wood. Not right. It's just, yeah. He doesn't know. It, it like didn't it, go there's great. there's yeah. defensive uh, assignments and defensive coverages that. Certain guys are going to know and certain guys aren't. And and I thought, here's the thing, I thought he had one breakdown and then I thought on the next play when he had to guard uh, Goran Dragic off a of pick and roll, he went with Dragic and I thought Kemba slow walked trying to get back to Dragic and that allowed Dragic to dump it off to Willie Reed. So, you know, it's, it's it, like I said, it's a... It's a these are moments, these are things, like Kemba Walker has an amazing game but then he slow walks that pick and roll coverage. It's about fourth quarter execution from every single player on this team. It didn't happen. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day. And studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked on Hornets. Rates are affordable and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com for more information. Man, so I mean, the center position for the Hornets, Doug. Um, what is going on? I mean, what kind of curse is over this position? Are they single-handedly trying to wipe out centers across the NBA? Because Frank, Cody, Johnny O'Brien, Miles Plumley. Um, hey, I'll throw Roy Hibbert in there too. He was hurt a lot. I mean, it's it's insane. <laughs> it's insane the injuries they sustained at this position now. And when you go that deep, you know, to your second backup D-League guy, uh, it's just tough. I mean, it's just really tough to come back from that. I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's laughable at this point. It's not funny, but it's like, oh, my God. I mean, how many of these guys can go down and miss time? And I think that's, you know, that's the big takeaway from this game and this season is that it has been disappointing for a variety of reasons, and one of those reasons have, you know, been injuries, especially, yeah. you know, when you, you can sustain – uh, you know, one to the back court, one to the front court, but they've had three or four to this front court, and you know it's hurt what they want to do defensively more so, I think, than offense. Um, but you know, this team is at its best 
when it doesn't have to rely fully on Kimball Walker's heroics. Uh, and, and they get 16 out of Batum. It was a little bit of a volume shooting night for Batum who misses all three of his three-pointers. But you get 16 and, and 7 from Batum, and you get 14 from Marvin on 5 yeah. of 8. You get 12 <clears throat> from MKG, 5 of 7. That should be enough. Scoring, yes. 101 points should be enough to beat the Heat. I mean, both of their previous matchups right. were – both teams were under 100 points. That's enough right. to beat the Miami Heat. It's – it's when you get into the fourth quarter and you know several starters have played 35 plus minutes and and the bench uh, gives up what the bench gives up. It's it's demoralizing. It's it's painful. And you know, look, the Miami Heat have been playing. Credit to them, they've been playing amazing basketball and they continued to do so. And, and I told you last night, I, I think the the story on this season so far is. The Hornets have to play perfect or near-perfect basketball or they risk losing to a really hot shooter or a really good superstar in crunch time. And yeah. even if this team makes the playoffs, that's what's going to happen. Like it's, That's what the playoffs is. It's a hot shooter. It's, it's a really good star in crunch time taking over. And, and I just, you know, over seven games, the Hornets, I don't think, with this, uh, with the injuries, yeah. can sustain that level of play. Yeah, and it's teams, you know, having time to game plan you for an extended period of time and taking away the thing that you do best. And right, like you said, like right now on offense, it's almost all Kemba. I mean, they, he got help from last night, right? But it, it's all the things that go well are surrounded, you know, around him. And I mean, and they and just, listen, they they did it. They they schemed against the Hornets. They switched. Almost every screen, like I, I'm telling you, I'm like addicted to this synergy. I may have to continue this subscription. I know I said I wasn't going to, but I'm just like addicted quit. to looking at synergy stats. So I was looking at the uh, the defense stats on this game, and they switched nearly every screen. It was amazing. Like in pick and roll, it's a tale of, of two teams and two strategies on defense. The Hornets on all of the Miami Heat pick and rolls were, were committing defense and you know shading guys over and the heat were just switching they were leaving those pick and rolls with single coverage and and that's the way they determined that they were going to stop Kimball Walker and guess what it didn't work like 33 right. points but it forced other guys uh, especially when when you get into the like beginning of that second quarter and beginning of that fourth quarter they forced other guys to take shots Marco Bellinelli 2 of 8 from the field Brian Roberts 1 of 3 like you know, it just you were forcing Nick Batum to take shots, and that's mm-hmm. what they were banking on, and and it it worked for them. I mean, you know, but again, you you Hornets score one hundred and one points. Yeah, the scoring was fun. It's, it's it's the defense, as you mentioned. Do you think after the the rebound was missed and and they and they cut to a shot of Clifford? I just I wanted him to like I don't know pick up his chair, you know. Body slam it. You don't want that. Just, you don't want that. Just, a dark part out. of you. I mean, a dark part of you likes that. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, it was just like no. he, he could have literally. He was exasperated. I mean, I, it was it was inexcusable, like you said, and just you can't explain it away. It was like, well, if we're not going to do that, then yeah, Deion Waiters is going to hit a double pump, you know, a, a double clutch three pointer from the corner with Kim in his face. We should talk about Waiters, I guess, for a second. He was insane, and I don't think anyone can ever stop him. No, and and we tried. I tried to warn everyone in the preview that because I think you know you think Dion Waiters, and I think you think selfish player. Um, I think you think of the reputation that he gained in in Cleveland and Oklahoma City and other places, 
And while he still has moments like that, we saw it when he just cleared everyone out, said, no, I got this, and then threw up a terrible three-point shot. He still uh, is playing a lot better and, and spot-up shooting. I mean, that's, that's his thing, 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. Uh, the Hornets had a tough time stopping him. I will say this, David. I know more about uh, South Carolina Gamecock basketball from not being able to change the channel from Fox Sports Southeast or get up from the couch uh, because Hornets basketball has paralyzed me. Uh, that game, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, oh, God. I didn't know how to like sum up how I felt about it, David, until this morning when I got up and I looked on Twitter and I saw the replay of uh, Wizards uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, karate high kicking Mason Plumley of the Denver Nuggets in his Denver Nuggets, um, right? That, and his Plumleys. In his Plumleys, that that pretty much sums up how I felt after the end of this game. Because look, you know, you look at the remaining schedule. Hornets are going to need to go twelve and six over their remaining eighteen games to finish five hundred. That's not impossible. Anything can happen. But it will be extremely difficult as they seem to not be able to avoid these injuries. We got to get word on uh, Johnny O'Brien and his status, and of course they they will be expecting uh, Frank Kaminsky back at some point before the end of the season. So there will be guys returning, but it could be uh, too little, too late. The Hornets' next game is yeah. tomorrow night in Charlotte against the Orlando Magic. And I don't, I don't, I don't suppose you know Batum could be out for that one. I mean, he did come back in for this game, so you wouldn't think he'd have. Oh yeah, any I mean, it looked effects. like it looked like he tweaked it when it when it happened. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, he's tweaked his ankle. They go back to the locker room and and tape that came bad boy out. up, and you know he's back out there. So it kind of reminded me of that playoff game because didn't he come back in and drill a corner, a long corner too? Right yeah, I mean, he's he listen. He's had a weird foot things happen to him, and he's played through them, uh, but it has limited him. So hopefully, you know, that's not the case in this instance. It's not a severe sprain um, and and he will be okay uh, into the next game. But you never know. Uh, We have to just wait on word today to find out who's going to be available and who's not. All right. So uh, make sure you're tuned in here on Locked on Hornets tomorrow for a full preview of uh, this game coming up against the Orlando Magic. Plus, follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hornets and win a chance to attend Saturday's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. That's a giveaway game. First 7,500 fans are going to get a MKG starter action figure. So you want to make sure you're following us there and looking for that post that says follow, like, win. Uh, One more thing to talk about, David, and then we're going to get out of here. I saw this tweet from Mike Prada, who a lot of respect for. Love this guy. He's an editor uh, of SB Nation's uh, NBA coverage. Had an interesting Mm -hmm. tweet, though, here. He says... The NBA needs to do something about guards pulling up to draw BS fouls as soon as their man tries to fight over a screen epidemic this year. And I immediately thought of Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, and Marco Bellinelli, because those three guys (laughs) utilized that. They utilized it in this game. Uh, Kimball Walker had a big, uh, uh, what was it, Is that either and one or a a, a four-point opportunity, but he's had several of those this year. Uh, I call it the Nick Batum special. Um, David, is this a B, do you agree with Prada here? Is this a BS foul? Well, the, uh, I'm not, I can't remember this, the game I watched after this. I think it was Celtics Warriors and someone did this in that game. I don't know. I can't remember who was doing that game. I want to say it was, um, Van Gundy and he said the same thing. (laughs) He was like, this is another one of those garbage, uh, offensive flops that they have to clean up. Um, 
I think some of them are legit, but I mean, it has gone a bit, um, you know, as all these things do, it's gone kind of to one extreme, but look, this is what, this is a good thing the Hornets do. So no, don't clean it up. Yeah. It, as we got to do more of it. As a fan of the, as a fan of the Hornets, obviously I, I think you would want to see this stay in because the Hornets have found this and they're not the only team, but they found this little wrinkle in, in how players come up over the screen and they make contact and, and the refs decided to start calling it. I'll say this, the interesting thing about how the Hornets make this happen, and maybe other teams do this as well, but I see it with the Hornets, is the screener is just as important to this. Zeller, when he mm-hmm. sets that screen, backs up ever so slightly, and the defender begins to fight over, it essentially pins the defender into the shooter, and the defender's only choice is to kind of, they call it like, uh, what is it called, uh, tag and follow or something, but uh, th- that's what the the refs have been calling the tag part of that, and yeah. um, you you but, think that would bother you think that would the, like the screener doing that would bother a shooter, but I guess these guys are just they practice it and they're so used to shooting that uh, you know Zeller backing up into them is not going to bother them and they they knock it down. Yeah, and so are they going to start calling James Harden, you know, in a completely different way? Because he's a guy that has perfected that. And it's not even on, like, three-point shots, but he's just able to move his body or keep his body in position in contact with guys yeah. coming around screens and things like that. I mean, that's a big part of his game. It's weird because they legislated out the the sort of leg kick contact thing by calling right. the foul on the player if they, if they kick the leg out. Not sure how you could do that. I think you would just have to – to set a point of emphasis with referees that they're not going to call that Just little bit of contact and, and sort of that's how they'll legislate it out of the game. Uh, you know, well, what's, mm-hmm. yeah, what's interesting about that is, especially in the Hornets case uh, specifically, they're still getting a decent shot off, you know, so they're, um, it, even if it doesn't get called, like you've seen a couple four point plays happen. Obviously, they want to get the foul called too. Yeah, but um, it's it's not like it's not like they're jumping up into the guy right, and and the shot has no hope of going in, and they're just hoping to get the free throws. Um, they're actually, you know, these shots are actually pretty good. So, like, if they stopped calling it, I don't know that that would. I don't know if it would cut down on, especially like the two. I'd be okay with it. it. I'd be okay with it going away because players have become so proficient at shooting these outside shots that I'm not. I'm I'm not sure how much that contact is really affecting them. You know, it's like so many of these go in that at some point you go, okay, this contact because there's contact that's not called uh, down low that they they call incidental contact, and it's like it's because that contact is not enough to really influence. The, the player's ability to make or take a shot. And I think that's what's going to eventually evolve out of all of this. Uh, so it's it's interesting to watch, and um, I, I'm kind of, of of both minds about it, obviously, like you. you know, it would, Here's the thing, though. If they take it out of the game, they're going to find something else. That's the beauty. Yeah. They, they, they play every day. They practice every day. They're going to find another wrinkle, even if they tie up this wrinkle. So They find a way. They, they find a way. They do. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, make sure you check out the rest of the podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Follow us on Instagram at Locked On Hornets, and make sure to pay attention for that post and win tickets to Saturday's game. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to Buzz Buzz at Locked On Hornets. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of this game coming up on Friday against the Orlando Magic. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. 
The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long lasting 10 year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.